Hello, and welcome to Leap of Faith Podcast. My name is Lorraine Montgomery, and I'm your host. And I will be reading uh, in chapter 6. We are in episode 7.4. So, uh, welcome, and thank you for taking time out of your busy day to, or evening, or morning, or whatever it is, time that you're uh, listening to this. Uh, Maybe you're in the car driving. But uh, I'm so thankful that you're able to sit down and listen and absorb whatever message it is that God is putting out there for us today. And uh, I'm blessed that I get to uh, be a part of this. So um, welcome. Uh, Let me open up in prayer to start us off on the right foot and uh, and then we'll move forward from there. So uh, thank you again for being here and listening and being uh faithful listener and uh, so all right let's pray (coughs) excuse me heavenly father we thank you for this day we thank you for this moment and we thank you for this time in your word lord uh, we are so eternally grateful for all that you provide for us but we are mostly uh, thankful for the gift of your son jesus christ lord we know that it was a sacrifice for you to um have him crucified on that cross, Lord, and we are so thankful that he did it, that he was a faithful servant to you, and uh, it is his blood shed on the cross that covers all of our sins, so thank you, thank you for so so many things, but mostly for that. Lord, we uh, are so thankful for you and your goodness and your love and your um, mighty strength that you have and, and in all things are done through you, so we are thankful that We have a mighty God that covers all of that, that we don't have to worry about it because you're going to take care of it no matter what. So, Lord, we uh, ask you to put a covering over this time in this moment. Bless this time in your word. Help us to hear uh, with ears and hearts to feel whatever it is that you're trying to tell us uh, to uh, absorb into our hearts, our homes, our lives, uh, exactly what it is that you want us to know about this moment of reading. So Lord, uh, help us to dive into uh, chapter 6, Mark, and help us to understand exactly what it is that you want us to do. We pray all this in your precious name. Oh, and Lord, take us where you want us to go. Let us meet the people you want us to meet. Let us say the words you want us to say and keep us out of your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we are, uh, like I said, episode 7.4. And uh, I'm going to put my readers on, and we're going to just dive right in. <clears throat> and Jesus is uh, basically uh, preaching to them. Uh, I think he's still doing miracles. And we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, John the Baptist. So uh, where did my pencil go? Ah, lost my pencil. There it is. Not my pencil. <laughs> All right. There we go. Jesus rejected at Nazareth. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. 
Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. <clears throat> Jesus sends out the twelve disciples. Then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people, and he called his twelve, twelve disciples together and began sending them out two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. He told them to take nothing for their journey except a walking stick, no food, no traveler's bag, no money. He allowed them to wear sandals, but not to take a change of clothes. Wherever you go, he said, stay in the same house until you leave town. But if any, if any place refuses to welcome you or listen to you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned these people to their fate. So the disciples went out telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God. And they cast out many demons and healed many sick people, anointing them with olive oil. <clears throat> the death of John the Baptist. Herod Antipas, the king, soon heard about Jesus because everyone was talking about him. Some were saying this must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. That is why he can do such miracles. Others said he's the prophet Elijah. Still others said he's a prophet like the other great prophets of the past. When Herod heard about Jesus, he said, John, the man I beheaded, has come back from the dead. For Herod had sent soldiers to arrest and imprison John as a favor to Herodias. She had been his brother Philip's wife, but Herod had married her. John had been telling Herod, it is against God's law for you to marry your brother's wife. So Herodias bore a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But without Herod's approval, she was powerless. For Herod respected John, and knowing that he was a good and holy man, he protected him. Herod was greatly disturbed when he talked with John, but even so, he liked to listen to him. Herodias's chance finally came on Herod's birthday. He gave a party for his high government officials, army officers, and the leading citizens of Galilee. Then his daughter, also named Herodias, came in and performed a dance that greatly pleased Herod and his guests. Ask me for anything you like, the king said to the girl and I will give it to you. He even vowed, I will give you whatever you ask up to half my kingdom. She went out and asked her mother, what should I ask for? Her mother told her, ask for the head of John the Baptist. So the girl hurried back to the king and told him, I want the head of John the Baptist right now on a tray. Then the king deeply regretted what he had said, but because of his vows, because of the vows he had made in front of his guests, he couldn't refuse her. So he immediately sent an ex executioner to the prison to cut off John's head and bring it to him. The soldier beheaded John in the prison, brought his head on a tray, and gave it to the girl who took it to her mother. When John's disciples heard what had happened, they came to get his body and bury it in a tomb. Jesus feeds 5,000. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry, from their ministry tour, and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest. 
He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many, many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, You feed them. With what? They asked, We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have? He asked. Go and find out. <clears throat> they came back and reported, We have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. Jesus walks on water. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. He intended to go past them, but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. After they had crossed the lake, they landed in Gennesaret. They brought the boat to shore and climbed out. The people recognized Jesus at once, and they ran throughout the whole area, carrying sick people on mats to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he went in villages, cities, or the countryside, they brought the sick out to the marketplace. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. All right, so... Um, when Jesus is rejected by uh, the people of Nazareth, um, <clears throat> Nazareth was his hometown where he grew up in. I found it interesting that uh, down in three, then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. I found it interesting that they did not even bring up uh, Joseph, his dad. I mean, they mentioned that he's just a carpenter, but they didn't say he's the son of a carpenter. So I thought that was kind of interesting that Mary was the only one mentioned here. 
Um, and then basically, uh, I feel like what Jesus is saying here is that uh, it's really hard to minister to family members and to try to witness to them um, because probably they know your past, they knew who you were before you knew Jesus. And so people who uh, are non-believers, I think, have a hard time um, getting past your past. So, you know, we know Jesus gets past your past. We know God gets past your past. But humans are humans, and they think in human terms. So I think that that sometimes is a little hard uh, for people to... So don't be discouraged. Just, you know, try to be a good witness for Jesus as best as you can. Set a good example. Um, and, you know, all you can do is the best you can do. And pray to God that uh, he gets a hold of them. And then uh, Jesus sends out the uh, 12 apostles. Um, I thought it was interesting. He tells them not to even, uh, he says, take nothing for their journey except a walking stick, no food, no traveler's bag, no money. Uh, he did allow them to bring sandals, but not to take a change of clothes. And he also tells them, uh, stay in the same house until you leave town. I think that a Jewish tradition is that uh, you should have an extra room ready for guests coming in, especially teachers, rabbis. Um, so I think that maybe that's what he's pointing to here about staying in the same house until, uh, until he leaves town. And he also says, uh, shake the dust from your feet if they're not willing to listen to you and leave them to their own fate. That's exactly what you do. You shake the dust from your feet and move on. And uh, if they're not willing to listen, you know, you've, you've done the best you can. Um, and, uh, you know, you have to leave them up to whatever decisions they make. And then we move on to the death of John the Baptist. Um, I found it interesting in um, 19 and 20, uh, Herodias bore a grudge so horrible against John the Baptist that she wanted him dead. I mean, who, is there anybody you know that you hold that big a grudge against that you want them dead? I don't. I don't know anybody uh, that I would want dead. I think that's horrible. Um, but then uh, Herod uh, respected him because he knew he was a good and holy man. Um, but Herod also was greatly disturbed whenever he talked with John. But even so, he'd like to listen to him. And I think I've spoken to people who are trying to understand um, Jesus and uh, his teachings. And they say, I've gone to church and I, I don't like going to church because I just cry there. Well, I think it's the same thing here. I think that it's your sin, your sinful nature, your sinful heart that makes you feel, you know, the 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 message deep, you know, it's like it cuts into you. And I think that that's what's happened to Herod here. He's like, he, he feels disturbed every time he speaks to John because he knows it's the truth, but he's still not quite willing to turn from his ways. And I think that that's kind of the same thing. Um, and then I found it kind of interesting that, uh, you know, Herod offered uh, Herodias's daughter uh, anything she wanted uh, up to half of his kingdom and so you know she went and listened to her mother and personally I would have taken half the kingdom that's you know that's me but you know instead of a man's head on a tray and that's kind of creepy who wants a man's head on the tray 
it's like who who does that uh of course then you know harry was uh, regretting what he offered to her but he couldn't re refuse her because he said it in front of everybody and so you know john's uh, john was killed john was beheaded <clears throat> and then uh, going into feeding the 5,000, uh, Jesus saw a huge crowd, um, even though, you know, they were trying to get away from the huge crowds, so they can go eat at least, but they kept following him. And Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he just began teaching them, you know, he just sat down and taught. And then the apostles, being the apostles, you know, oh, you know, Rabbi, we, you know, we don't have enough food to feed them, so send them on their way. And Jesus is like, I got this. So he brings them uh, the uh, five loaves of bread and two fish. And I think this was a good example of what we're supposed to do. Uh, Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Um, I think that that's one of the first blessings over food that, well, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they did that previously in the Old Testament. I don't know. But we say grace. I was doing it with my kids, you know, as soon as they could sit up uh, at the table. Um, we say grace. And um, I think that's important to give God thanks and uh, give him the glory for all that he provides for you, especially the, the things like food and clothing and houses and cars that we get to drive. So I think this was a good example of Jesus uh, giving thanks for the uh, food that they were uh, about to eat. And then uh, I also pinged on the fact that there were 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish, 12 apostles, 12 tribes. These are just numbers to me that kind of pop out. And then if you take note, a total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. So it was really 5,000 plus. It wasn't just the feeding of 5,000. It was like, and the family. So who knows how big that number was. And then immediately, uh, immediately, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida. Uh, he was saying goodbye to the people, sending them on their way. And uh, later that night, uh, the apostles, um, and I thought this was interesting. Jesus uh, went up into the hills by himself to pray. So this is like one of the few times that Jesus was actually alone, which, which is really unusual. But then he realizes that they're in trouble, and he starts walking across the water, and he was going to walk by them. He intended to go past them, why i have no idea but when they saw him walking on the water they cried out in terror thinking he was a ghost um and he says don't be afraid take courage i am here i don't think he was just talking about him being there to save them in the boat i think he was also saying take courage i am here in the world you know doing what i'm doing for you I thought it was also unusual the fact that uh, Mark does not address the fact that Peter got out of the boat and went to Jesus. I don't know why he didn't make that notation, uh, but he did. Int, he did not. Um, and he also takes note of how they still weren't quite getting it, that their hearts were hardened and they're just not quite getting exactly who Jesus is and what he's doing there on earth. 
Uh, and then after they crossed the lake, they brought the boat to shore and climbed out. The people recognized Jesus at once. Now, I don't know if they'd already seen him previously. I don't know. But if they'd never seen him before, but they recognized him, it's like, how? How did they recognize him? There's no, uh, there's no photographs. There's no paintings of him. But yet they recognized him. So there's something about Jesus that makes him recognizable as the Son of God. And then... Um, that's pretty much it. The last thing is the sick touch. Uh, they brought, they begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, which goes back to the woman uh, who touched his robe, and they were healed. So all it took was the huge amount of faith that you needed just to touch his robe would heal you. I, I find that interesting. So that's it for today. Um, I am not going to uh, close out without giving you the opportunity to make a decision for Jesus. If you have not made a decision for Jesus, here's your moment. If you have questions or doubts or something's preventing you, um, uh, I, I, I don't know what to say about, about that. I don't know what the question would be, um, but I am going to give you the opportunity and lead you in the prayer. Uh, this is not a, a you know, magical prayer. This is just you confessing your heart to God and to Jesus. So, um, so let's uh, let's pray. Let me lead you in that prayer. And believers, if you are uh, wanting to restate your um, your belief, uh, this is your moment. So, <clears throat> Heavenly Father, today I put my trust in you. I am not perfect, and know I have sinned against you. Please forgive me. I thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. It's his perfect blood that covers all my sins, past, present, and future. On this day, I accept him as my Lord and Savior, and I will live my life for you. Thank you for my salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time today, welcome to the, uh, the family. Welcome to the, uh, the kingdom of heaven and to uh, the brotherhood and sisterhood of Jesus Christ. This is a huge day. Mark the date in your Bible. Put a check mark. Put a dog ear on it. And, uh, and celebrate. This is a day for celebration. So um, I encourage you to go to a church. Uh, get involved. Talk to a pastor if you've got questions. Uh, find a ministry. Find some volunteer work. And uh, get out into the world and, and be Jesus and be the good example that he wants you to be. So thank you again for being here, uh, for joining me. Thank you for uh, the time that it took to get into the word. And uh, I am praying blessings over um, you and your family. Uh, whatever your needs are, I pray God will uh, put a blessing over you and uh, hope uh, to see you tomorrow. So have a good night, good day, and uh, take care and God bless. Bye.